Hello, Ron. This is Bill Holmes, and uh, I have your questionnaire in front of me. So I uh, would like to go ahead and just answer these questions for you. I appreciate the interview and the interest. Um, I'm just in my studio, not really a studio, in my office at home, and it's raining out. So if you hear uh, rain droplets on the roof, that, that's what that noise is. Um, so the first question you have here is, when did you discover that you had a passion and talent in the world of voice acting? Um, you've obviously worked on screen in the past, but you have definitely carved your way into the world of voice acting in a major way. So when did you realize that you could do this for a living? Um, well, I started acting when, uh, when I was about 18 years old, right out of high school. I started doing theater. I'm from the Chicago area. And I started doing theater right away, and I've done uh, did some musical theater in Chicago. I got into the world of uh, improvisational acting, and the world of comedy as well. I I was uh, part of a comedy team with a couple different partners. Uh, one was a gentleman named Lou Schneider, and the other guy was named uh, Neil Flynn. Uh, when I got out here to L.A., I worked with him, but. Um, I, uh, I got an agent in Chicago at a young age. I was probably about 22, 23 years old when I got my first agent. And I kind of was doing the commercial thing and films and stuff. And I, uh, I kind of went into her office. Her name is Linda Jack. She's still my agent in Chicago and also my daughter's agent. And uh, I, uh, I went into Linda's office and I said, hey, I want to do this. There were all these... Uh, there are all these reel-to-reel uh, uh, -reel tapes, this is how long ago it was, on the wall behind her, and I pointed at all these tapes of all these actors, and I said, I, I want to do this. I want to do this voiceover thing. And she kindly looked at me and smiled and said, you know, maybe you should go get a, a couple acting jobs first. <laughs> this was very early in my career, because uh, I hadn't done any films, actually. And so I, I got uh, my first uh, industrial film for a... It was a hospital safety film, and uh, I got my union card with that. I, I joined the Screen Actors Guild, and uh, that's when I went back about a year later, actually. I went back into her office, and I said, you know what? I want to I do this now. You, you told me to get a thing. I got a thing. Now I want to do this. And she handed me an audition for Clark Bars. I remember it was for Clark Bars. And uh, she said, well, here, go, go on this at this time. So I went to uh, my first uh, radio uh, audition for a commercial, and uh, and I booked it. And then she sent me on another one, and I booked that, you know, all within a couple of weeks. So that's when she said, well, you know, get a demo, and uh, we'll get you going on this. So that was, uh, that was the first uh, time that I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> so as far as the, the passion... Um, I've always had passion uh, to be an actor, um, and I've always studied very hard. I, I went out there and worked hard to become what I felt is, is a good actor. Um, so voice acting was just another, another part of that, that bit of my life. Um, uh, you, as an actor, you have to do pretty much everything. Um, when I realized I could do it for a living, I guess, was when I, you know, first <laughs> got my first job. Uh, 
it paid paid me a lot of money at the time. It was a couple of hundred dollars for about, you know, 30 minutes worth of work. And I thought, well, the shortest amount of time, most amount of money, I think I'm going to start focusing on this. I was uh, newly married at the time. I was a, had a uh, lovely young wife, and uh, uh, we were both kind of struggling in Chicago, and I thought this, this is the way to go for me. Um, as far as the passion goes, uh, I, I would like to expand upon that just a little bit. Voice acting, as opposed to um, the other realms in the media, uh, is is something I, I really still enjoy doing. I, I really don't do a lot of on-camera on stuff anymore. I, I've done, you know, lots of commercials and a little bit of film and television. But for the most part, I, I stayed with voice acting because it it's just fun. It's just really a great time. And you you really have to be a good actor in order to to continue to make a living at it. So, I mean, uh, you know, when you do a commercial on camera, you can walk in and you can look a certain way and you can get the part just because of the way you look and there's not a lot of talent involved. I mean, you know, there are some commercials where you need a lot of talent. I'm not saying that. And people who do commercial work are very talented people. <laughs> so let's not get that confused with anything. I'm just saying if, if you want to be a voice actor... You have to be a really, really good actor because you don't have people looking at you, and, and it's not uh, the fact that you got a job is not based on on anything except your talent as an actor. And I believe that's when I really developed a, a really strong passion for it, um, and and that's why I I stay with it uh, even today. All right, so your second question is, in 2015, you appeared in the absolutely amazing video game that has taken over my life in some ways known as Fallout 4. Yes, I have. You provided the voice of Edward Deegan, thank you, in the Cabot House side of Quest, and AJ uh, in the Silver Shroud. AJ was a fun guy. Uh, these were two wildly different voices that were done absolutely amazing. Thank you very much again. How did you manage to land two very different gigs on the same game? Okay, here's uh, here's my uh, Fallout 4 experience. Uh, I don't do a lot of video games. Um, primarily what I do is, is commercial acting. Um, and um, now that I'm in my 50s, I'm, I'm 58 years old now, most of what I do for a living is I, I do more producing and directing of things along with directing voiceover projects. I, I also direct films and things like that. So um, Fallout 4 uh, came to me by way of auditioning for a, a different game. Uh, what game that was, I don't know, because in, in the world of video games, when you're auditioning for things, they're very secretive. They don't tell you what the name of the game is because they don't want you to give away. You have to sign all these NDAs and stuff. So I had auditioned for a, a game uh, about three or four months prior to the Fallout 4 auditions. And uh, it was for a character in which I played a uh, kind of a George C. Scott, George Patton type character. You know, I was kind of, I was kind of talking like this here, you know, get him, get him in here, you know, kind of that tough guy. And, um, and from that, uh, the director of Fallout 4 is a great guy. His name is uh, Kalel Bogdanov. He's a fantastic guy. You probably want to interview him at some point, too, because he's a great director. And uh, when he said, I, I said, listen, when I got to the job, 
I said, listen, can I hear my audition? Because I don't really remember uh, auditioning for this. I can't remember what I did. And that's when he he informed me. He said, well, you didn't really audition. We had your your uh, this old audition in the files, and we just kind of went through these because we were looking for some voices. And we liked you on this, and then he played it for me. But then he said, can you can you soften that? Can you soften that voice? You know, so, so you know, rather than be this guy here, let the other poor dumb son of a bitch die for his country. I, uh, I just kind of, I kind of just softened it. And I just added a little more breath to it. I said, like, you know, kind of like this. You just kind of want this. And, and he said, yeah, yeah, I want that. That, that would be great. Can you do that? And I said, yeah, sure. I can do this all day. So, uh, so that's how I, I got the role of, uh, Edward Deegan. Um, the, uh, as far as AJ goes, he, uh, I, I boy, I can barely remember AJ cause I, I don't play the game myself. Uh, as I recall, he wanted somebody from kind of a tough, uh, New Yorker kind of a guy. And, uh, cause when you, when you get a job doing one character, they usually are going to rely on you to do one or two other characters within the game. Cause they don't have to pay you extra for that. So, so, um, uh, when, when AJ came around, uh, I, w- I basically, I was thinking of Joe Pesci, you know, and I, you know, I was kind of, you know, Hey, you know, I can do kind of a bad Joe Pesci. You, you want that? He's just kind of a tough little guy. And, uh, and Kellel said, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. Now, keep in mind, I had never seen a picture of these characters. Uh, again, the world of uh, video games is very secretive. So I, when I got the job, I had never seen a script, and I had never seen the characters. I didn't know the games. I'm not a gamer, unfortunately for me. Um, so I really didn't know anything about what I was doing. So I kind of just came, kind of organically came up with the voices after... Kellel gave me a description of of the world I was living in, not necessarily the characters themselves. And then when I did the voice for him, he's like, "That's it. That's what I want." So that that's kind of how I uh, how I landed those uh, those two very different uh, characters. Um, and I, I'm in some other video games uh, that I, I, you know I'm not sure I'm allowed to tell you, so I won't. And even if I could tell you, I. <laughs> I really don't remember what they are because that's just kind of the actor I am. I kind of go do a job and forget about it. Um, where I just play, you know, normal, regular guys. Uh, there's a, a character where I'm just myself. I was like, you know, lab assistant number 27 or something like that. Uh, but he had a lot of lines in, in the game. And basically, I was just talking like myself. And they just liked having me in the game because... Uh, I, you know, we were plugging it into a Japanese game and I was good at bringing the lines in on time uh, that were dubbed over the Japanese line. So, uh, so that's another uh, uh, part of this whole, uh, whole universe that we work in. So uh, Edward Deegan, absolutely one of my favorite characters I ever played. In fact, um, what happens is uh, when you're doing the job, your uh, the you just go into a voiceover booth and the lines come up on a big TV screen and that's the first time I saw the lines and as I'm reading through the lines the director Cal is telling me kind of what's happening in the scene and he goes you got it and I kind of go yeah I got it and he goes okay let's do the first one then we do the first one he gave me a little adjustment after that and then he goes good I got it uh, let's move on and basically you do about 
I think we did about 600 to 700 lines um, for both of those characters. Well, I mean, combined for those characters um, in about a four-hour session. So basically, I worked for four hours straight. And in the whole four hours, what you're doing is you're you're actually developing a character, a, a character that you had not seen that morning. So it was from a creative standpoint, from an acting standpoint, Edward Deegan was a pleasure for me to to work on because it was a very challenging morning for me. In fact, I came home to my wife that night and I said, uh, I said, man, I was an actor today. I really got to do some really cool acting today. Whereas, yeah, you do commercials and stuff and there's not a lot to it. You're just kind of pitching, you know, selling soap. But, um, but yeah, it, it was, it was like being in a film or a, or a cartoon that was going to be forever. So, and it is forever. And obviously people like you have discovered, uh, the, the character within that game. And, and that's fun. That's fun for me to, to, uh, you know, when people do come up and say, Oh my gosh, I play that game. That's really cool. Uh, I really enjoy that. That that's really fun. So I hope that answered your second question, probably more than you needed. Uh, the Fallout Universe, here's your third. The Fallout Universe has some pretty hardcore and dedicated fans out there, including my friends at the Fallout 4 Wastelanders Facebook page. Oh, how about that? Um, how has your fan interaction been? Do people recognize our Deegan character out in the real world? Um, you know, now that that's, uh, I kind of touched on that a second ago. Um, one, I didn't know that there was a, a Facebook page <laughs> and I'm fascinated by that. Um, I, I, you know, I don't get a lot of fan interaction. I, I don't go to uh, the conventions and things. Again, I, I'm not in a lot of video games. So, uh, the fact that I just, you know, I'm, I'm in this one character, uh, you know, no one, no one's invited me to, a. a a convention or anything and i never even thought to uh to do something like that so um but like i said the few people uh, here well here's one one story i was back in my hometown my old hometown of gurney illinois i'm from gurney illinois it's a small town in, in northern illinois next to waukegan illinois and um i was seeing some friends who i hadn't seen for about 30 years they were friends of mine from high school and uh, a rival high school, and uh, we were just getting together for uh, for lunch because we you know, we found each other on Facebook and so on and so forth. And um, so I was kind of telling them they were asking me what I did out here in Hollywood, and I was kind of telling them. And I mentioned Fallout Four, and I mentioned Edward Deegan. And uh, the funny thing is, I uh, I as I was going, uh, we were sitting out on the patio at this restaurant in Gurney. And uh, as I was going inside to use the restroom, um, this bartender just just kind of goes, uh, hey, man, hey, I love that game. I love that game. I was like, I'm sorry, what? He goes, that game you're in, I love that game. <laughs> and apparently the waiter had overheard me talking about the fact that I was in the game and he told the bartender and they were all kind of, you know, pointing and talking and I had no idea what was going on. And so I was standing there having my picture taken with uh, some complete strangers who I had just met who play the game and thought it was cool that I was one of the guys in the game. So, so you know, as far as the uh, fan interaction, that's, that's probably the most, uh, 
the, the most I've had uh, within within that type of an, an experience. Um, people do recognize, though, when I do mention to people Fallout 4 and uh, I mentioned Edward Deegan, they do rec- recognize the character uh, as soon as I say it, you know, as long as they've come in contact with him. Because as you know, uh, the game, uh, you know, can be uh, quite addictive and Sometimes you can go through that whole game and not not run into Edward for a while. So, all right, on to your uh, fourth question here. Another project you have worked on that has a very dedicated fan base is the program everyone knows and loves is Rick and Morty. Yes, Rick and Morty. Uh, oh, those kids at the bar when they heard Rick and Morty too, they they were very excited about that as well. So, how has your experience been working on this wildly successful and popular television show? Um, you know, it's been really great. Uh, I, I will be honest with you. When I first got the job, again, I just got the job through auditioning. I have agents here in uh, L.A., and we audition for things every day. And uh, Rick and Morty was one. And I didn't, again, I don't watch a lot of animated shows myself because uh, I'm, I'm pretty busy uh, directing and whatnot. So um, uh, when I got it, uh, I teach voiceover classes out here, and I had a, had a lot of, uh, I, I like to call them my cartoon nerds in my class, and uh, we were out having a drink at Don Cuco's, which, by the way, Don Cuco's is in a Rick and Morty cartoon. It's a Mexican restaurant here in town that all the, I guess all the writers go there, and it's a place that I just happen to be going to for the last 30 years, so I'm thrilled that I'm in a cartoon that Don Cuco's is in as well. But anyway, so we are at Don Cuco's and we're drinking margaritas. And uh, these uh, these kids had asked me, what have you been doing lately? Cause, and I usually don't you know, talk about things I do. And I said, well, you know, I just got this cartoon, Rick and Morty. And they all just went crazy. They were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're in Rick and Morty. That's like one of the biggest car. That's a, you know, and I kind of looked at, at them. I go, is that a good one? That's a good thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, it's amazing. And I told them, you know, that I played the minister and stuff. That was the first one I did. And they were just so excited. So, you know, I kind of went home to my wife and I said, hey, I think I got in a good thing here. <laughs> so, uh so the experience of working in it was uh, actually quite uh, simple and short. Um, I got to work with uh, Justin, you know, the creator of the uh, the show. He was directing me that day, and there were some writers in the room when I went in. And again, once all these kids told me what a big deal it was, I I, got, I was very excited to be there, and I was shaking hands and uh, and Justin. Uh, you know, kind of, he pretty much let me do what I wanted. I, I play uh, the minister in, uh, what is the episode? It is uh, Get get Swifty. I play the minister of the church. And, um, you know, he, he let me do my thing, and he gave me a few notes here and there. But all in all, I was, I was out of the studio in about 15 minutes. We were done in about 15 minutes. He liked what I did, and I did. I tried to do what he told me to do. And uh, it, it was a, f- a fine experience. And I played a, I play a couple other characters, too, that I couldn't even tell you who they are now because I, I didn't write it down. Um, but then I was also in an episode, uh, Look Who's Purging Now. And, uh, and uh, they, wanted somebody, um, they wanted somebody from, uh, you know, New England. 
And all I could think of was the uh, the Pepperidge Farm guy <laughs> for Pepperidge, Pepperidge Farm remembers. You know, so I started talking like this and I said, you know, somebody from, you know, New England, maybe from the Bob Newhart show. And he, he was like, yeah, 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 kid, yeah, do that. That's good. I'm like, okay, great. So uh, so that was the, I'm the old cat guy. You probably know this though. I'm the old cat guy at the beginning of the of the cartoon. And then again, I played somebody else in the crowd uh, towards the end of the cartoon too. And they were ba- both basically the same voices, you know, because pretty much everybody in the town talked like this. So that was, that really was great. It's, it, uh, it, it's a great experience. Uh, I, I was in an episode in uh, the third season, I believe it is, uh, Rick and Rick Laxation, Arrest and Rick Laxation, I think it's called. And I got to reprise the role of uh, of the minister in that. It's 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 pretty wild. Uh, uh, and I was fortunate enough to be uh, directed by uh, Dan Harmon on that one. And he and I had uh, you know a, a good time doing that. He's he's a really nice guy as well. So um, the experience working on it has been nothing but good stories. And the response I get from people out in the real world who hear that I'm on that cartoon is amazing. Again, to me, I did a little, just a couple little tiny things on it. Uh, so it's not, it doesn't seem that big of a deal to me, but uh, the popularity of the cartoon has really been uh, nice to share with people who, who watch it and, uh, and like it. Okay. Let's see, your fifth question here is, I understand you have a business as the voice of a doctor. Can you tell us a bit about what uh, is that you do? Uh, what sort of services do you provide? Okay, the voice over doctor uh, is somewhat of a self-appointed uh, title. <laughs> um, it, it comes from, I've been teaching voiceover now for about uh, ooh, near 30 years now. Um, and I have a, a tendency, the, the way I teach voiceover is different than other people, that people come to me, uh, regular people, actors, some celebrities have come to me, uh, because I'm very good at uh, figuring out what their problems are from an acting standpoint, and then giving them a solution to teaching them how to fix their own problems so that they don't have to keep coming to me. So in, in, a, in a way, I'm kind of giving them a prescription and sending them on their way so that they can get on with their lives. And uh, so, so uh, somebody had mentioned to me once, you know, oh, yeah, 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 it's like you're a doctor. And I said, yeah, I'm the voice of a doctor. That's what I am. So, um, so I've gained that reputation, and that's what that's all about. We, uh, you can go to voiceoverdoctor.com, and you can check out all of our classes um, I've had some of the, I teach some, we, we have one class is called margaritas, mojitos, and microphones. And what I do is I have guest directors come in and we actually serve drinks all night. Uh, <laughs> uh usually the title drink. And, uh, so people are, you know, nice and loose and they're taking a workshop and they're having a good time and they're learning from some of the, the greatest people in the industry. We've had Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson and Richard Horvitz and Bob Bergen. I mean, you know, you name I've had agents come in, producers come in. Um, so I'm sure you know those names that I'm, I'm throwing out at you there. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of what that is. Uh, 
I, I like to say to my wife, when my wife calls me, she says, uh, what'd you do? What are you doing today? I said, well, you know, honey, I'm just making people's dreams come true. That's all. <laughs> I joke about it, but uh, I've worked with some uh, pretty amazing, talented people who have gone on to have some really, really great careers. And I, I feel good that that I'm a, I'm a small part of it. And, uh, you know, it, it also helped me pay my mortgage a little bit. So that's always a good thing. Okay, um, moving down here. What does the future hold for you? Anything you would like to plug to our readers? Well, I think I just did that. Um, VoiceOverDoctor.com. Uh, there's a lot, you know, there's actually a lot of free stuff on my website that if people are interested in the voiceover world or, or possibly getting into voiceovers, I do a thing called the VoiceOver Doctor Show. And uh, it's a little talk show that I did a couple years ago, and I'm probably going to start doing it up again this year if I have some time. But I've interviewed, you know, like uh, some of those same names I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, including Townsend Coleman, uh, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, directors, writers, uh, I think Bill Farmer's on a show. Uh, my old comedy partner, Neil Flynn, did one of the shows. Anyway, that's something that, that your readers can go to and just watch. And there's, uh, we hope that they're entertaining. <laughs> uh, they're a little crude, so they're probably rated R. You know, don't sit the kids down in front of the show um, unless they can handle that stuff. Um, but I, uh, I'm a person who likes to tell it like it is, and I like to have a good time. And I'm a fan of the old, you know, the old, variety shows like Jackie Gleason and whatnot so I've always wanted to have a talk show so I created a talk show and uh, uh, we just have a good time and we drink a little tequila and we try to teach a little bit but we also try to entertain a little bit and it is live so whatever you see is not scripted we just kind of I come up with a few questions beforehand and we just I, I tell my, my my guy Dave I say roll camera and don't stop rolling camera. We'll fix it later if anything needs to be fixed. But for the most part, what you see is what you get with the voiceover doctor. <laughs> uh, the future. The future for me, um, we actually have a lot of projects uh, at my production company. I have a production company. It's called Compost Productions. Uh, our slogan is at Compost Productions, we make your shit sound good. So, um, But we also do a lot of films. Um, and uh, we've done some documentary work here. Um, it's basically a post-production production house. Um, but I, you know, I, like I said, I used to do comedy, so I write, and uh, we we have some animated films that we're trying to raise money for. Um, uh, we have a, a a web series that we're trying to raise some money for. I think the key word here is we're trying to raise money for things <laughs> because. Uh, we like to, to get paid for this stuff as well. Um, if you want to see a sample of some of the work we do, uh, I did uh, I directed a film out there. It's called Stump the Band, kind of like the old Johnny Carson uh, game uh, on the Tonight Show. Stump the Band. It's about uh, these uh, four you know attractive women, and uh, they get lost in the wilds of Wisconsin. They're in a band. And uh, there's a guy out in the woods who has a very serious foot fetish, and he likes to catch them and collect their feet like baseball cards. And, of course, it's called Stump the Band. So 
look, it ain't Citizen Kane. We know we know what we got. It, it's a cheesy little horror film that people seem to enjoy. And you can uh, find it on uh, at stumptheband.com. Uh, or you can go to just uh, voiceoverdoctor.com and ask me about it. Uh, or uh, I'm sure there's other places that you can get it rented on Netflix or something. Um, so that's that's the future for me is we just want to keep making product and we want to create new and fun. We have a, a, a holiday zombie musical that we're writing um, and things like that. So I'm always working. I'm always looking to create um, something entertaining for America to watch. Okay. All right. Let's see your last question here. What was the last thing that made you smile? Um, well, uh, quite honestly, it's more of a personal thing. My youngest son uh, lives in Costa Rica. He surfs down there and he's an artist. He paints. And yesterday was his birthday and, uh, having a little interaction via text messaging was, was, uh, put a huge smile on my face. So, uh, and to add to that, I would say my family and my lovely wife and my three uh, wonderful kids uh, make me smile every day. <laughs> every day. I don't get through the day without smiling and thinking about one of my kids or my lovely wife. So I would have to go with, uh, with that for now. Okay? So, Ron, I hope this is useful to you. I am I'm very flattered that you... Uh, sent this to me and that you wanted to interview a, a small-time guy like me i appreciate that a blue-collar working actor and uh, if there's anything i can do for you in the future uh please you know don't hesitate to give me a call you know maybe uh maybe you want to call comic-con and tell them they should have edward deegan show up <laughs> and i'll just get a, a free trip down to san diego and uh and we can meet down there and the first tequila is on me how's that Okay, buddy. Thank you very much. I, again, I'm I'm really I'm really honored that that you interviewed me. Thanks again. Bye bye. <laughs>